We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the a and Sportsbook. On 1080 The Fan. It might be Football Friday. We may have Super Wild Card Weekend. It's still Yacht Rock Friday. <laughs> Darn right. Darn right. We're still going to talk uh, NBA as we bring on uh, now... The Blazers analytics insider. There we I, go. I like no. I still like analytics analyst because it gives you gives you a little extra oomph there. Corey Jazz joins us. How you doing, man? Hey guys, it's uh, fun to come do this in person. Yeah, yeah. Right? this is better than a Zoom background. Right? That's, that's, I was like, you know what? You're in town. You're not staying too far away. I was like, if you want to call in, you can call in. But if you want to come down, come down to the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's my big question. When you're not here, and how often are you going to be coming up and actually being in Portland? Is this special that, that we get you in Rip City? Uh, I, I certainly don't think me being anywhere is special. First of all, it's probably <laughs> like a net economic loss for the city. But uh, no, I, I, I think it's just scheduling and some of the other stuff I do outside of the, yeah. the, the Blazers uh, starting to ramp up. I do some stuff with some pro golfers, um, so they're, they're starting to ramp up as well. But um I think it's just as the schedule allows, we can get our bang for a buck. This was a Thursday, Saturday, Sunday kind of stand. And then the Texas swing, um, the Spurs game at the end of the year in Austin, Texas, about a mile from my house. So, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I-35 series, Spurs are playing a game in Austin at the new University of Texas Moody Center, uh, as well as part of a Spurs initiative. So that one will be fun. And so I, I think a couple more times throughout the year, just as kind of scheduling allows. Can we have a circle of trust here? And I, I ask you a question. Where, When they usually go to you, it looks like you are in a spaceship. Uh, like when you're back home, you don't, where you don't have a, you? you don't have a spaceship in your backyard. <laughs> no, no. Where are you in the studio? Or is that just a background? It's like a Blazers Zoom branded background. spaceship that just sits in my driveway. <laughs> yeah. Now, if there's one thing Paul Allen would, may have would, given would for, that was it. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I wanted to give to the analytics guy. I know we're going to hire one eventually. And I want it to go to him. Is that just a zoom background? Or are you actually in a studio when you're doing these hits? We, we've got a good home studio. So I've got a good home studio That's with, awesome. with key lights and, and the, the green screen and, and all those things. And, and uh, the production tech folks here hooked me up with with some sweet gear, but it's yeah, it's Zoom and uh, with a fancy background, but the green screen stuff makes it look pretty pretty high level. So I love it, man. Are, are we are we professional up top? Shorts down low? No comment. Ah, there we go. <laughs> uh, I really like what you have brought to the broadcast because. You haven't just like jumped in, like at the very beginning of the season, you didn't just jump in and be like, hey, here's a bunch of numbers you're not going to understand. Uh, you, Danny, 
is frothing at the mouth because he wants all the analytics in in the games. But I thought he for, knows for the <laughs> and I'm somewhere like in the middle where I kind of know what what some of it means, but I don't know what he knows what you know. I think you did a really good job of kind of explaining the direction at the beginning, and we've been kind of all working to upwards and learning where we're going in the analytics world. Uh, how did you, how did you kind of get into being the guy who's going to explain it to the layperson? Well, I I think it's two things. One, you know, when we sat down with Jeff Curtin, Dan Hyatt, kind of the broadcast brain trust, mm-hmm. you know, and Kevin and Lamar and, who are and Brooke, awesome. Yeah, they're they're great. You know, Everybody here, I, I'm this new guy coming in. Everyone's been doing this, like, together for a decade. And I'm just like, <laughs> please do not screw this up, you know. <laughs> like, do not, you know, speak out of turn, all those things. But, you know, we, we did put that in place as a bit of a strategy of we are not going to jump in and talk about quantified shot probability on day one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though that is something that we have talked about in, in, the con- in the certain context when it comes up. And it is not dissimilar to what it was like being in a front office. As well, yeah. when when a front office and when I joined the Jazz in 2017, you know, it was really them formalizing their group. There's been some interns, some one-off stuff, but then you know, my my charge was come and build a department and really resource out the group. And it, it's kind of a similar thing of education and, and kind of indoctrination about here's what's possible, here's what the type of stuff we can look at, here's what the universe of statistics are here's what tracking data does here's why we do per possession instead of per game and and you kind of slowly build from there because all you're really trying to do is give people more precise information about the thing that they're trying to figure out whether that's a coach in a scouting situation whether that's a general manager or a scout in a you know a draft or free agency scenario or now in our case with with the fans And, and obviously already a really kind of high iq fan base here and it's not just let's throw numbers for numbers sake, but let's take a specific kind of basketball situation, basketball context and give maybe a more precise number. That's not that easy to find publicly still today, although it's a lot better now than it was a couple of years ago, or maybe something that we've now got with our special deal with second spectrum mm-hmm. that we do and say, let's give a really precise number to talk about Damian Lillard in the pick and roll in what we expect to see in this game tonight or yeah. whatever the situation might be. So it's, it's really just trying to add that layer to it but you know at the appropriate time and and yeah. build up to it and not kind of jump ahead in those things the the biggest thing for me and you and i've talked about this on and off at the year um the nba does a crappy job with its product of making people smarter <laughs> and building on it. It, it so much of it is the salacious it's the trade rumors yeah. it's what's going on behind the curtain it's what's lebron thinking and if you watch the nfl on ESPN, every day, they have got an hour dedicated to making you smarter about the game. Oh, Dan, like Dan Orlovsky is Mina just... Kimes. Yeah. They, they, they are yeah. hammering stuff, and it doesn't necessarily... It's not necessarily analytics. It's diving into the X's O's. Mina will typically bring the analytic side of things and put things together. And the NBA has done a horrible job with their broadcast partners of expanding and expounding on that. Well, I mean, one of my close analytic colleagues in the field, Charles Barkley, will tell you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. I mean, it's it's something that, you know, our our kind of pitch, if if you will, to the you know, the Portland fans is no, this is maybe not the sexiest aspect of basketball. No. Everyone loves Woj yeah. and Shams, everyone loves you know, we're getting right into trade rumor season right yeah. now and, and there there's no shortage of those floating around the Pacific Northwest at the moment and, mm-hmm. and, and basically every market because 
every team is kind of in this middle buy, half buyer, half seller ground right now as well. But so it may not be the sexiest part of the game. But but again, our pitch to the to the fans is, you know, now obviously we're not looking at the exact same things that Coach Billups and Joe Cronin are looking at. But you know, by bringing me me into the fold, and since I've been with a team before, and this is where I think Jeff and Dan and 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 Bert and the group did a hopefully what was a smart thing that instead of taking a broadcaster teach them analytics, they said, let's take an analytics person teach them broadcasting, mm-hmm. which, you know, slow going for me, but uh, you know, I'll get there. I'll, I'll, I'll get there eventually. But we are now looking at things that when we talk about the four factors, when we talk about offensive and defensive rating, when we talk about screen set per hundred possessions mm-hmm. against drop coverage, I mean, it's all the stuff Lamar talks about on the broadcast. Yes. Right? The, the, like, the, Lamar the, is so good at X's yes. and O's and, and there's nothing Kevin, Kevin hasn't seen in, in his years. And so, Let's put a number to those things in, in the way that, you know. That contextualizes it. Yeah, in the way that Coach Billups and his staff in a pregame report or in a postgame report, you know, that they look at internally. Obviously, we don't have access to those things, but we can look at the same kind of universe of information and say, you know, here are the things that jumped out. We, you know, we talked about Portland's like shooting slump. Came back a little bit last night. I think they ended 33% on the night. But when you're getting a ton of catch and shoot open threes, which we can see with that advanced tracking data, mm-hmm. Like, we're not that upset about those situations. Of course, you'd like them to go in, but control the controllables. And, and those are things that if you're a coach, and it's kind of what Coach Phillips has been referencing in his uh, pressers recently, is that... They're not getting bad looks. Yeah, he's not upset with the effort. He's not, you know... Uh, of course, if execution is making the shot, well, you would... You know, if you can make every shot, of course you would. But, you know, the, the to those shots has been really sound mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks, even though the win-loss result hasn't come on paper. So it's, it's just talking about the game through that lens and taking that... Every team, in the, you know, if there's certainly some folks who, you know, numbers is not a part of how they view the game. And, yeah. you know, we recognize that. And But whether or not you like it, your team, whether it's the Blazers or somebody else, is, is He's using doing this. It. Yes. Yeah. And the Blazers now um, hiring Sergi Oliva as assistant general manager. Joe Cronin brought him mm-hmm. in as part of his kind of front office revamp. Uh, now alongside Andre Patterson and Mike Schmitz, which, by the way, that might be the best AGM you know, sweet. trio. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they're all really complimentary. And all those guys have, you know, really good track record. Sergio Oliva is a PhD in complex theory. Like, and he's hired, he's, he's hired, he's hired about five people since he came in six months ago or so. The Blazers now have one of the most robust, you know, front office and Jacob Muallen, coach Phillips separately brought Jacob Muallen previously draft express with Schmitz uh, into the coaching side of things as well. So the Blazers have a guy sitting on the bench, traveling on every flight, sitting next to all the coaches, looking at this stuff. We're just trying to do the same thing for the fans. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's that sounds like eerily similar to what you're from Texas. The Astros did when they, what was it, Sig Mejdal, who they brought in, who worked for NASA. He was a literal rocket science, and they're like, baseball. All right, go. And he they, they Exit velocity, he's tracking all those things that come along with it. Right. What he's also sa- not saying here is oh. uh, Sergi is also one of the nicest human beings you've ever come across <laughs> in your entire life. It's disgusting how nice he is. See. Okay, we got Corey Jesson in studio with us, by the way. He is the uh, analytics insider or analytics analyst. I- I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make that my thing. Uh, he is with us, and I love what you bring to the broadcast. I I, I absolutely do, um, and I think that it is helpful for all the fans to know. Mike, like, how how did the Blazers track you down, or did you track them down? Yeah, this is, this is all just a long game for me. Yeah. No, um, how do you think I got here? <laughs> Uh, Naked uh, pictures, and we all know how you got here. <laughs> you know, I, I obviously a lot of this stuff bubbles up to leadership and Jody and Bert and kind of the brain trust and the folks who yeah. who put all these things together. And and I think, 
you know, what I'm doing is part of a, a bigger picture with the broadcast. And, you know, you guys are obviously at every home game and mm-hmm. um, you see the away games on the broadcast as well. It's, you know, really a, a broader strategy of th- there's new graphics this year mm-hmm. that, yeah. that I have not seen on. I watch League Pass as much as, you know, you guys, as much as anybody. You know, we're not seeing these types of graphics on League Pass anywhere else. Um, the the social stuff that they're doing, the tallies, like trying to be a little more integrated. A little Brooks doing a lot more kind of behind the scenes. Um, you know, players mic'd up, things mm-hmm. game mic'd up for the first time ever this year, I think, in a game as well. So, all of those things, and and then what I'm doing is kind of just a a, yeah. a, a plug into that. And, um, you know, again, kudos to them for kind of having the vision to do this. I, I don't think any any team in the league's doing this on a full time. Uh, a full-time basis, certainly. But the the connection there was longtime uh, former Blazer employee, Ben Falk. Ben Falk was like one of the first analytics guys where people were like, who is this guy? Ben... Who's this guy handing out iPads? <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, I mean, gosh, Ben was probably here over a decade ago. Um, I don't know all the years off the top of my head. Yeah, 2011, I think. Similarly, like, nicest human being on the face mm-hmm. of the earth. Like, like it's frustrating. And proprietor of cleaning the glass. So Ben Ben went on to work for Sam Hinkie in Philadelphia um, during those storied uh, process years. Um, when their time ended in Philly, he started cleaning the glass, which I, I it's one of the sources we use. We have some stuff that's proprietary with Second Spectrum. Mm-hmm. And again, we're the only broadcast team to have a Second Spectrum deal in the league. So you see those replays with the shot probabilities and distances mm-hmm. and things like that. And that's a lot of the advanced stats that I bring to the air. But then cleaning the glass is another one that we use quite heavily. And cleaning the glass, publicly available. If you like basketball, like stats, I think it's it's on the order of four or five dollars yeah, a month. It's four bucks a month. Yeah, though. four bucks a month. And so you know, I can't endorse that strong enough. But Ben, Ben, basically being you know having a lot of relationships in the Blazers organization uh, with Joe, especially, cool. um, made that connection awesome. um, over the summer. I love finding all these things out. I, I mean, I, I love because we see on the broadcast we did the quick introduction we on game one and throughout the week. It's 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 cool to kind of connect all the dots and, and figure it all out. Now we can actually dive into the Portland Trailblazers themselves and, and the numbers <laughs> and what you are seeing with this team because boy, this season's been a bit of a roller coaster. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. We've been up and we've been we've been down and right now we're kind of. In, in the skids a little bit. Can you stick around for one more segment with us and we can talk a little bit about the uh, numbers behind the Blazers? Absolutely. All right, Corey Jez in studio with us right now is Rust with Sports Center. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the ALNA Sportsbook. On 1080 The Fan. Well, we are joined in studio by Corey Jez, analytics insider for the Portland Trail Blazers. You know him from the uh, television broadcasts, popping in, giving us insight. We uh, we got a lot of background, which is which is great. Now let's dive into this Blazers team. Um, <laughs> probably... I mean, if you came in at the very beginning of the season, we'd have so many happy stats and happy trends that we could talk about. <laughs> in a five-game losing streak, uh, it all seems like Rip City wants to just burn it all down. Um, what I guess, what have you seen um, over this kind of swoon that the Blazers are in from uh, the number side and the data side of things that, that has kind of got us to this five-game losing you, skid? You know, it's it's really funny because I've, I found myself both when I was – with the front office in Utah and and similarly this season with Portland, when things are really bad, you know, not that things are really bad right now. I've, I've been in times that that were actually very bad, but uh, I haven't seen any thrown chairs at least. So, um, (laughs) but when, when the underlying, when some of that underlying process is there, like we just talked about with the, you know, the shooting is there, the, you know, obviously you want to clean up the turnovers, but the inputs are generally good. I tend to be the really optimistic person in the room. And when, stuff is not going well nobody wants the nobody wants the optimistic person no. in the room right. uh bob vulgaris had a great line one time that was um somebody in dallas was upset that you know hey man we can tell you're not ticked off like the rest of us you know after we lost a game and he said if i thought me being mad would help us win games i'd be the maddest person <laughs> right and so you know when when things are going when things are going poorly, but the underlying inputs are good the the analyst who's, who's looking at the world that way and not just looking at the results tends to be optimistic I would say at the start of the year, it was kind of the inverse. It was the the results on paper were there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think through 10 or 15 games to start the year, the Blazers had the highest record above expectation based on their net rating. Mm -hmm. So their point differential implied that they should have, you know, won a little more than half their games at the start of the year, but they had won about two-thirds of their games, Mm -hmm. about 15 games, and they were like 10 and 5 or so to start or whatever those those numbers ended up being. Um, And so similarly in that situation, I was the one kind of being like, Hey guys, these things tend to even out over time. Like, you can't make every buzzer beater. You know, two buzzer beaters in a row, one against mm-hmm. Phoenix, Jeremy Grant. Um, you can't win every challenge late in a game that turns a game. Like Coach Phillips had one or two of those early in the year. Like, those we know that those things all come back to earth. Had a monster one last night. A mo- yeah. monster one last night. We can talk about that one. But so similarly in that situation, nobody wants the analyst sitting in the room being like, "Hey guys, yeah, I know we just won like our seventh game in a row, but uh, we're not that good." You know. <laughs> so and and and. 
you know, you kind of end up in there, you know, a game below 500 right now. Um, two, 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 two now, two now. Um, you kind of end up though, right, right in the middle of the, no, the three. They're the, 19, the slug. 19 and 22. Um, but their net rating, um, at least going to last night was like negative 0.1. So they're even. Yeah, yeah. Zero. They're an even team. They're a, you know, a f- on track to be a 41 and 41 team, uh, by the advanced stats. And that's, you know, those ebbs and flows have evened out. And now Joe Cronin and his staff have three weeks or so to, to look at it and decide if there is anything to do, if it's save your dry powder for the summer. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you kind of go from there. Looking at, at really the, the handful of games over the last five games, talking about the inputs, I think that's the, the biggest thing is I've seen a lot of people say, oh, Dame's just not quite right, or Ant can't handle being a starter, or uh, Josh, well, Josh needs to shoot more threes. That, that's, a, that's a real thing. His, his three-point volume, and we've talked about this, his three-point volume being cut in half, that, that's got to change. But overall, the inputs have been good for the Blazers in these processes. How much of, I mean, we always, offense, 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 offense. How much of, of what we have seen defensively from this team over the last week it feels real? Because the thing that I have hammered home really over the last two weeks is that they're holding teams to relatively under under 110 points a game over you know a couple weeks with the exception of last night and that's with turning the ball over almost 20 percent of their possessions you're, yeah. you're giving those opportunities that feed into those easier opportunities for an offense and yet still offenses aren't exploiting them like there's that that chain reaction there you would expect it to be worse and it's not does that there was a few games ago uh and i i Specifically, didn't bring my laptop because I didn't want to just be reading off numbers the whole yeah. time. But there, there was a few games ago where, in our pregame show, we did a, a segment how a lot of times we'll look at teams over the last two weeks, which tends to be about six games. Mm-hmm. And um, a few weeks ago, Portland at that point was the number three defensive rating team, defensive points allowed per 100 possessions uh, in the league. And it was on the back of really, like... Def- defending at the rim well, like challenging shots at the rim, although they tend to give up a lot of shots at the rim, but they, they always do a good job challenging them. You saw that, especially when Eubanks came in last, last night. night. You mm-hmm. know, early they went to zone. They got, a, you know, um, Cleveland snuck in behind the zone for some mm-hmm. easy lob dunks early. But then Cleveland ended up with a really low rim percentage at the mm-hmm. end of the evening last night. I think it was like 55, 60%, which is really low at the rim. And so defensively, there there is definitely something there, and that is a little bit of Coach Billups' calling card in terms of intensity and, and getting effort on that level, we've we've also profiled on, on the pregame show Damian Lillard's defensive kind of step up mm-hmm. uh, this season, and which, for whatever reason, we can hypothesize, you know, he's a lot more conditioned because he didn't play a full season last season. He's coming off an injury, probably just a little more invigorated. Uh, he, you know, he's healthy. His his offensive load is slightly less as well, playing off the ball sometimes, and so he's actually been a, a really good defender in isolation and pick and roll. Josh Hart continues to be one of the best isolation defenders for his size, for his position uh, in the league as well. And and then Jeremy and, and you know they don't lose anything when Eubanks comes in for Nurkic either on the defensive side of the ball. So that stuff feels very real. And, and a lot of times when we talk about these trends, it's really just trying to think critically about them. What's sustainable and what's not, you know, you're not going to make 80% of your threes, even if you do that over a two or three game stretch. But if you're contesting shots at the rim and doing so consistently, there's nothing about that. That doesn't scream. We can keep doing it. So, you know, I, I do think the defensive side of the ball is there and it's, not to not to be reductionist or hand wave at, at the the late game execution stuff that's happened over the last few games, but over like long term and all the research has shown, no team can basically win more than fifty five percent of clutch games. Like right. you just can't. You get like it's forty five fifty five, and of course you want to do everything you can to be at fifty five 
and not 45. And that doesn't, that's not to say don't give an effort there and, and don't focus on that execution, but those things do even out over time. And, and, and a lot of that is there's coin toss mentality, but there's noise in the coin toss mentality of you, you get those. Uh, Dame in the postgame last night said, we can do everything right in the possession. We make a pass, it gets slightly deflected, and then we touch it one time before it goes out of bounds. And that can fundamentally, uh, uh, perfect example, Jeremy Grant gets a wide open look off the swing last night mm-hmm. from the right from the white wing. A shot that you want him taking 100 he's out like, of 100 times. He's like times. number three in the league in those shots right yes, now. Yes, and you're like, Wonderful. It goes halfway down, rattles out. It's Evan Mobley on the contest, and Mobley keeps going. Mm -hmm. And it leads to a run out, and it's a five-point swing like that. That is coin toss variance at its finest, and with a little bit of noise, because Mobley gets a run-through contest, and it leads to a run out. And that shot goes in. Yep, You're you're not getting that the other way. And that's, that's, I think, a perfect example of that situation in the clutch, right? Yeah, and that's the type of thing that, again, as the analyst in the room, whether you're on a team side or, you know, in, in our case, a broadcast side, you kind of are trying to take a little bit longer term view and say, would we change anything about that shot that we took? I don't I don't think we would. You know, an exercise we love to do back in uh, the front office and scouting was if you're looking at a player, whether you're evaluating a game like you just talked about or a player for player evaluation standpoint, pause the video as soon as he releases the ball. And did you like the opportunity or mm-hmm. not? You before know, you yeah, know the outcome. Before you know yeah. the outcome. Right. And. Portland would not have changed anything about that possession. Corey Jez is our guest. He is the Blazers insider for analytics on the broadcast. You see him every single Blazers home game. Um, okay, we know crunch time, and we, we know the stats. Those are huge numbers. But there's always been like this thing in Portland especially where the start of games or the start of the third quarters and it, the, those kind of unbalanced starts. Is there a time in the in the data that you can look at outside of crunch time, which is obviously the most important when it's a close game in the final four minutes or two minutes? Um, is there a stretch of a game that, that the numbers say has a bigger swing than any other stretch of a game? You know, it's, it's an interesting trade-off in how you decide to evaluate strategies or decisions or or things like that and the end of close games are obviously high leverage you can Mm -hmm. swing your win probability you know if you go from tied to up a five-point swing close Mm -hmm. in a late game that goes from like a 50 50 to 80 20 or something like that in terms of in terms of win probability in in 10 seconds a five-point swing in the first quarter of a game doesn't do that but you would still take a five-point swing early in the game right and so i i think if you apply the you know the the time frame that you're talking about to what's happening on the floor is the start of a game is it's like a chess opening yeah right where the first five moves you play in a chess game kind of is almost irrelevant to what your opponent does same thing in a football game right you script your opening yep. you know of each of the halves and so last night was a perfect example where Cleveland's counters for what coach Phillips and his staff ran out were better in the first few minutes mm-hmm. but that first timeout I think it was early too I think it was at like eight or nine last night um that first time out they went away from zone Eubanks you know man-to-man and they countered they countered the counter mm-hmm. appropriately and actually Cleveland ended up being terrible at the rim and so that's typically the dynamic that you're looking at at the start of a first and the start of a third quarter that's what you're seeing and so those stretches are important not from a leverage perspective because you can't win or lose a game in the first five minutes um and you know unless you really really get down but you can kind of set the tone you can kind of set the tone for the rest of the game and, and you're going to start this kind of 
song and dance of those punches and counter punches that you know when you think about what the coaches are doing and countering with throughout the game that's that's what we're trying to pay attention to at least we're we're talking holistically about the team right now and uh, i know there's things you can't talk about in your time in utah but as far as like evaluating players now how different it is than it was two, three, four, five years ago with the analytics that are available that are more trusted, that are more refined, and you're talking about in player evaluation. How different is it seen, not just where you were, but across the NBA? Because we've talked about this. Analytics is not accepted and or respected by everybody across all life in the NBA, whether it's front office, coaches, player personnel, there's a sliding scale of that. When you take all of that into consideration, when you're, when you're looking at like a player evaluation standpoint, as the Blazers are right now, as they head into a trade deadline, how does all of that come together and and how impactful can it be or not be? Sure. And this is the term analytics is here to stay. I'm I'm wearing literally wearing the the shout out trailblazing, um, wearing a uh, analytics sweatshirt right now, but I think if I could go back to the start of the Moneyball movement, I would probably strike the word analytics from the vernacular entirely yeah. because it's become a dirty word. Yeah, it's become polarizing, and if you, if especially if you don't like it, you can kind of use it in a in that way. It is it is literally just information. Yep. And when you work for a team on the inside, what you realize is, assuming you have kind of modern you know people who respect each other and are willing to work together and all those things the the scene for moneyball is it doesn't exist anymore at least in the nba the, the scouts versus jonah hill in the corner mm-hmm. type of a thing um now you might really dig in on a specific number and say really try to understand what it means but all that you're trying to do in that role within a team and, and what sergio Oliva and his team are, are undoubtedly working on night and day right now is getting all of the information that might be qualitative too, by the way. It might not just be quantitative. It's not just um, the model says this, so that's our opinion. No, no, no. It's it's all about b- basketball is the most complex game from a you know replacement valuation standpoint. You take out player X, you plug in player Y. In baseball, it's it's like for like, and even in American football, it's it's you know wide receiver X better than wide receiver Y. It doesn't really affect yeah. the running back, right? Um, and so in basketball, you have those effects. And so what advanced analytics, what advanced information like tracking data has given us is now we can quantify skills in a way, specific parts of a player's game that we just previously couldn't. Anthony Simons is shooting 38% off the dribble from three out of pick and rolls. That's number two in the league behind Donovan Mitchell this year. Ten years ago, you literally just could not measure that. Well, you, you'd say that guy's really good off the pick and roll. Yeah, you know, but 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 you, well, you couldn't it. back it. With I anything. know, yeah, yeah. just trust but, it. But are you number two in the world at it, or yeah. are you sixtieth percentile yeah. at it? And that might really matter if that's a player you're thinking about trading for, or, or signing, a, 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 or paying, or paying. And, then, and the same thing is true of uh, a very simple thing that happens a bajillion times a game: screen setting. Mm-hmm. The angle of which you set screen, the effectiveness, whether or not you can actually force a defender to uh, get stuck on a screen or die. One, there's a thing that actually exists in second spectrum on screen dies. Yep, yep. Like that that exists because the model has been taught what it looks like when a player dies on a screen. So you can actually see the most effective screeners in the NBA, and you can go, "Oh, I thought this guy was a good screener." Yep. But if you're talking about it, like, let's say there's a backup big X out there. That you can try to find somewhere. <laughs> Aaron Baines is my favorite player in NBA history. They, there you go. But a guy who didn't get paid for years until they figured out he can do 
a couple things really well. One, knock down threes. Two, screen the living bejesus out of everybody. Yeah, yeah. and he defended him, defended him really, really well. And he can play, and he he can could, play within he switches relatively well for a guy his size. Guys like you had in Utah with Joe Ingles. Oh, my gosh. Who, a guy who came out of nowhere but literally like represented the analytics rise. Sure. A guy who bombed from three, worked as a playmaker, and was, was a multi-positional a, defender. Was, Joe Ingles is sneaky, like, best pick and roll ball handler in the league. Joe Ingles, Derek Favors pick and roll undefeated. But I will back to the evaluation. <laughs> back to the evaluation point. And this is something where I think Joe Cronin and Mike Schmitz, you know, in the group really deserve a lot of credit. Two of their best, you know, acquisition player development stories so far, Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp, didn't have a collegiate body of work. No. Mm-hmm. No. IMG you, and Satier. Right. And so you are quite literally betting on the come. In both of those situations. And so that is that is a great example of it is more than just a model. In that case, in, in the college draft, we've got all the models in the world about mm-hmm. college data and how we think players are going to project to the NBA. And those guys had no, you know, maybe, maybe you had some anthropomet- anthropometric data. You had their jumps. Shaden didn't go to the combine and jump, but... Um, Schmidt saw him in a workout. Schmidt saw him in a workout. And... Which, by the way, is something that basketball is getting better at that baseball's been doing for years because baseball's had the five tools 2080. Mm-hmm. Basketball's getting a lot better of how do we take a qualitative scouting report and bake it into our quantitative models? Mm. And that's a very non trivial problem for data scientists to solve. Can you, can you give an example of, of what that would look like in just in general? Sure. So let's say that um, one of the skills that your scouts scout for is um, a big defending pick and roll and he can backpedal to center field. It's like what you see Nurkic do. It's what you see Rudy Gobert do, kind of the traditional bigs that you see them do it. If you watch college basketball, they come up to the level in high hedge like all the time, and that, that's not, it, it's not really a part of the NBA pick-and-roll traditional coverage. And so a scout might have a scale on his scouting report as he's watching guys at Kansas and Virginia and Duke and USC, and you know Mobley would have probably had a really great grade of this when mm-hmm. he was coming out of USC, right? And... He might say, uh, I'm a, you know, this guy's a four and a half star in my book on this, this specific pick and roll skill. And if you build up enough of those over time for enough players from enough scouts, you can make that. And this is where you get to operations and, you know, again, not knowing exactly the inner workings of, of Portland's front office here, but Joe Cronin's been around forever and you've had time to build up. You know, whether whether specifically like this in a model or just more kind of the Spurs are the great example of, of they've built up their their scouting reports. Everybody's scouting report looks the same. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way to not do it is have a scouting report be a bunch of free text and you just read it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what my, some people might think. Scouting reports are really, really structured and they're looking for specific skills, offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, physical traits, you know, mentality type stuff, characteristics. And you can create those in such a way that given enough sample size, given enough body of work, you can build that into a quantitative model. And the baseball has been doing that for years yeah. because they, you know, 50 round draft and, and all these types of things. And you almost have to paint by numbers in, in those scenarios. Cause the, the, the player pool is so big, the but volume. yeah, but it's something that whether you're explicitly baking it into a model, certainly something that I would imagine every team is doing is kind of, taking the aggregate reports of those. Our scouts, that, now you can say, look, our scouts think that Shaden Sharp is the most athletic guy in this draft, right? Because they had a framework for 
grading athleticism mm -hmm. that every player in college that they went and scouted, so thousands of reports over the course of a season, they had a, a similar language that they were talking when they talked about vertical athleticism. And even though they maybe didn't see Shaden play college basketball games, they could still see him, obviously, basketball settings, workouts here in Portland, um, and, and other competitions he was in. And now you can make an apples to apples comparison. And that's why, you know, having that organizational kind of everybody on the same page is really, really important when it comes to any of those situations. I really liked what you said about uh, the worst thing they could have done is just call it analytics. I mean, it, what, what it could have been is just your scouting. And when you put it all, when you wrap it all together like that, I mean, that's all a scouting department has done over the history of sports is they, they would always look at a number. Baseball is a great example of this. They look at a batting average. You're just giving more information yeah. to look at. We just had, yeah, baseball yeah. just, baseball's that's just been great. like, Hey, there's things better than batting average. Like, yeah. would you like to know how fast a ball comes off the bat? Like that <laughs> seems really relevant. You know, you know, would you like to know how good jeremy grant is when someone's within two feet of him shooting the three-pointer like now we can know those things yeah and that's awesome mm -hmm. Corey. thank you so much now i feel bad for calling you analytics anything you're just the insider <laughs> for portland trailblazers now huh Corey jez thank you for the time man really appreciate you coming down and in studio with us man thanks guys all right Corey jez uh from blazers broadcasting the uh Analytics Insider for your Portland Trailblazers. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.